On today's podcast, we're going to take a look at both the FCS and FBS championships in college football, as well as the latest top five NFL rankings and four picks for this weekend's schedule. Welcome to the Dunkel Index Podcast, the sports world's oldest rating service now in our 92nd season. I'm Bob Dunkel. Let's take a look at the upcoming championship games for the FCS and FBS divisions of college football, as well as our NFL Top 5 rankings following Week 17, and follow up with four picks for the final weekend of the regular season. With the bowl season finally behind us, all eyes will focus on two remaining championships in college football. Starting at the FCS level this Saturday, we have a familiar team in North Dakota State facing a not-so-familiar participant in Montana State. Kickoff is set for noon Eastern time down in Frisco, Texas. North Dakota State has certainly seen some big names and coaches come and go over the years, But the one constant in Fargo has been winning. Not even the Crimson Tide of Alabama have been as consistently on top as the Bison have. This year marks NDSU's ninth appearance in the championship in the last 11 years. That's amazing. That breaks a tie the Bison had for most appearances in the title game with Georgia Southern, which now plays at the FBS level. They already have the record for most FCS titles with eight, which is two more than Georgia Southern had. And they are 40-3 and three in FCS playoff games, including 8-0 in the championship game, which is by far the best winning percentage in the postseason. It wasn't easy getting back to Frisco this time. Following wins over Southern Illinois and East Tennessee State, The Bison got all they could handle uh, from James Madison in the semis before advancing with a hard-fought 2014 win. Hunter Lupke was the offensive star of the game at fullback uh, as he accounted for 199 all-purpose yards and two TDs. But it took two late stops by the defense, including an impressive one-handed pick in the end zone by Destin Talbert to preserve the victory. The pedigree uh, for Montana State is not as distinguished as this will be the Bobcats' first appearance in the title game since beating Louisiana Tech to capture the championship all the way back in 1984. But there's plenty of familiarity between the two programs as they'll be meeting for the 37th time since the series began back in 1914. And MSU actually leads the series with a 21-15 record. In addition, their head coach, Brent Vegan was a former NDSU player and won three national titles as the Bison's offensive coordinator before coming to Montana State. If that doesn't get the Bison's attention, the fact that Montana State beat the last two teams North Dakota State has lost to, namely Sam Houston State and South Dakota State, to advance to this year's finals, certainly will. But North Dakota State has been up to the challenges for Montana State in the recent past. The last three times these two teams met was in the uh, postseason in 2010, 2018, 
and 2019, the Bison have come away with fairly lopsided victories by the scores of 42-17, 52-10, and 42-14. As for Dunkel sees this one heading, with North Dakota State claiming its ninth FCS title on Saturday and covering the Vegas line of 7.5 while generating enough offense to push the final score over the Vegas total of 42.5. While we're on the subject of teams renewing rivalries, let's shift over to the FBS championship on Monday night between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Georgia Bulldogs. Of course, this is a rematch of the SEC championship that the Tide won handily 41-24 despite being a six-point underdog at kickoff. In that game, Alabama quarterback Bryce Young lit up the vaunted Georgia defense for 421 passing yards and three TDs and locked down the Heisman Trophy in the process. The Bulldog D had manhandled opposing offenses all season, allowing just uh, 231 yards of total offense and 6.9 points per game. But they were powerless against the tight offenses, scored on five straight possessions. And Young had plenty of help with big games out of receivers like Jamison Williams and John Mechie III. Between the two of them, they had 13 catches for 281 yards and three TDs. Sound like a familiar refrain, Bama fans? And the defense did allow Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett IV to throw for 340 yards and three scores, but they also forced him into two costly interceptions, including a pick six with just under 12 minutes left that put the tide up 38-17 and pretty much iced the game. To Georgia's credit, they did not let the loss keep them down. The Dogs' 34-11 win over Michigan in the semis was a more impressive performance than Alabama's perfunctory 27-6 victory over Cincinnati. And Georgia fans may be feeling better about Bennett, who threw for over 300 yards and three TDs against a very good Wolverine defense. But if Bama coach Nick Saban liked the rat poison of being an underdog in the SEC championship, then he's certainly going to feed it to his players again for this contest. Despite the fact that Alabama is playing for its fourth championship in the last eight years, that Georgia hasn't won a national championship since the Herschel Walker team of 1980, and that Kirby Smart's uh, record against his former boss is 0-4, including a loss in the 2017 National Championship in overtime, 26-23, the Vegas odds makers have made Georgia a favorite again by three points. The law of averages may point to Georgia finally breaking through, but Dunkel's going to stick with Alabama in this one to pull out the victory while the defenses dominate more than in the SEC championship to keep the final score under the Vegas total of 52. Now, let's shift over to the NFL, take a look at the top five as we head into the last weekend of the regular season. At number five and a win away from locking up the NFC East is the LA Rams. Sean McVay's team is finishing strong with a five-game winning streak that included last Sunday's 2019 win over the Ravens. The Rams will try to wrap up the division title this week against their old rival, the San Francisco 49ers. 
At number four and stumbling for the first time in over two months is the Kansas City Chiefs. Despite leading 28-17 at the half, KC could not hold on in a 34-31 loss at Cincinnati that also dropped the Chiefs to second behind Tennessee in the race for the top seed in the AFC. Andy Reid's team will try to close out the regular season with a win at Denver this week. At number three and beginning to look more like the team that many expected to challenge for the AFC title is the Buffalo Bills. Sean McDermott's team shook off any letdown from their big win over New England the week before with a 29-15 win over Atlanta that kept them in the driver's seat for the AFC East crown. They'll try to wrap it up on Sunday at home against the New York Jets. At number two in our rankings, but already guaranteed the top seed in the NFC, is the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers and the Pack offense took full advantage of a Minnesota team that was without quarterback Kirk Cousins to cruise to a 37-10 win that gave them home field advantage for the postseason. They'll wrap up the regular season with a meaningless game at Detroit. And cruising wasn't something our number one team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, were able to do last week in their 28-24 squeaker over the New York Jets. Already trailing 24-10 in the third quarter, the Bucs had to watch wide receiver Antonio Brown as he took off his jersey and undershirt before exiting the stadium. To Tampa's credit, they overcame that bizarre scene to score the final 18 points and pull out the victory. Buck fans will certainly hope for a little more normalcy this week as they face the Carolina Panthers. Now let's take a look at a couple of this weekend's big matchups starting on Saturday in Denver where the Broncos will host our number four team, the Kansas City Chiefs. As we noted, the Kansas City offense looked in postseason form last week against Cincinnati while scoring four TDs on four consecutive drives of 72, 63, 75, and 73 yards in the first half. But the defense, which had been the pillar during Kansas City's eight-game winning streak and made up for some lapses from Patrick Mahomes and the offense by allowing just under 13 points per game, got lit up by Joe Burrow and the Bengals in the second half. Burrow finished with 446 yards passing and four TDs with the bulk going to Jamar Chase, who had 11 catches for 266 yards and three scores. Needless to say, Casey doesn't have to worry about facing anything close to Burrow and Chase in Denver this week. Without Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, the Broncos looked pretty anemic on offense last week behind backup Drew Locke as they fell behind the Chargers 34-6 before losing 34-13. The loss also dropped the Broncos to 7-9 and eliminated them from any postseason consideration, setting up a scenario on Saturday where only the Chiefs have something to play for. But while that should ultimately lead to a Kansas City win, laying double digits on the road is not ideal, especially when you consider the fact that Kansas City is just 2-6 and six against the spread in its last eight games versus teams with a losing record and is just 5-11 and 11 against the spread in its last 16 following a defeat the week before. Dunkel's going to take the Broncos in the points in this one while the two offenses struggle to get on track and keep the final score under the Vegas total 
of 44. Now, let's move over to the Sunday games and start off with another playoff team wrapping up on the road as the New England Patriots head to Miami to face the Dolphins. If New England was looking for the perfect bounce-back opportunity following their Week 16 loss at home to Buffalo, they got it last week in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, Urban Meyer is long gone. There's still a very bad football team residing in Jacksonville, and it was on full display at Gillette, Gillette Stadium last week. Trevor Lawrence threw three more picks and now has an NFL worth 17 on the season. And the Jags' D allowed the Pats to record a number of firsts. Mac Jones threw three TDs to break the franchise record set by Jim Plunkett back in 1971 for TD passes by a rookie. Two of those went to Christian Wilkerson for his first NFL TD catches. And running back Ramondre Stevenson recorded a career-high 107 yards on the ground. The 50-10 laugher also gave Coach Bill Belichick his 10th win on the season, enabling him to reach double digits for the 20th time in his career and tie Don Shula for the Tom's top, blah, excuse me, top spot in that category. Coincidentally, he'll get the chance to add to that this week against Shula's old team, the Dolphins, who were eliminated from playoff contention last week in a 34-3 loss at Tennessee. It was a disappointing setback for Miami, which had reeled off seven straight wins coming in to put themselves in position for a possible playoff spot. But playing in 36-degree weather with sporadic rain was not very Miami-like and contributed to a poor performance from quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, who was sacked four times, fumbled three times with one of them lost, and threw a pick while being kept out of the end zone. So, like the Broncos, the Dolphins have nothing to play for other than frustrating the Patriots in their attempt to win the AFC East. But returning to the warmer climes of Miami should help, where the Dolphins are 4-1 against the spread in their last five home games and 8-3 against the spread in their last 11 as a home underdog. And Miami hasn't exactly been Belichick's favorite resort area, with the Patriots coming uh, in with a 2-7 ATS record in their last nine road games versus the Dolphins. Dunkel's going with the upset here as the Dolphins pull out a win to finish over 500, and the defense uh, holds the Pats' offense well below 50 for a final score that comes in under the Vegas total of 40. As much as the Patriots drew the right opponent for a bounce-back win last week, the Arizona Cardinals did not, and they needed one after dropping three straight that saw their hold at the top of the NFC standings slip away. But while heading to Dallas to face the 11-4 Cowboys last week looked like it could end in another disappointing performance, the Cards put together a game that was reminiscent of their early season success. Arizona scored on five of its first six possessions with Kyler Murray enjoying his best day in a while with 263 passing yards and two TDs in the 25-22 win that kept the Cards in contention with the Rams for the top spot in the NFC West heading into this week's matchup with the Seattle Seahawks. Surprisingly, the victory ran Arizona's record to 8-1 on the road this year while they've been under 500 at home at 3-4. and four. 
They'll need to find a way to reverse that course while they host the Seahawks at State Farm Stadium. For Seattle, a 6-10 record and completely out of the playoff picture is a rare sight in recent years. There was a sense in last week's home, uh, last home game of the season that maybe the Seattle fans had seen the last of the Pete Carroll-Russell Wilson era. Perhaps that served as motivation as the Hawks put on a display that brought back memories of the glory years in a 51-29 thrashing of Detroit. Like Murray, Wilson had his best game in quite a while with 236 passing yards and four TDs, with three of those going to DK Metcalf. And Rashad Penny also kept up his strong finish on the season with 170 rushing yards and a pair of scores. So the Seahawks look like uh, Denver and Miami in this one with nothing to play for except the spoiler role. But unlike the other two underdogs, Dunkel's not going to go with Seattle in this one. A win over the lowly Lions does not erase a number of bad trends for the Seahawks, including a 4-10 ATS record in their last 14 road games and 3-12 ATS in their last 15 following a win. Throw in the cards, 7-2-1 ATS record in their last 10 games versus Seattle, and we'll stick with the Redbirds to get the important home win and cover the Vegas line of 6.5. While the offense builds on the progress made in Dallas last week to push the final score over the Vegas total of 48. Now let's wrap up with a game that has everybody fit to be tied, literally, as the L.A. Chargers face the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday night. This game was flexed to Sunday night by the league because there is so much riding on it for both teams. But it also presents a quirky scenario whereby if the game were to end in a tie, both teams could advance. That will all be contingent on the outcome of the earlier Indianapolis-Jacksonville game. If Indy wins, a tie being beneficial to both teams is off the table, and it's winner-take-all for the Chargers and Raiders. But if somehow the Jags were to pull off the upset, well, get ready for some potential mayhem, and I'm not talking about the All-State ads. And by the way, if you want to see if Jacksonville has a shot, make sure to check out our pick. But for this one, both teams couldn't come into the contest feeling much better about themselves. L.A. took care of business against a beat-up Denver team with the primary offensive cogs around quarterback Justin Herbert, namely Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Austin Eckler, all finding the end zone. Las Vegas did one better, surviving on the road against an Indianapolis team that could have clinched a playoff spot with a win, got their starting quarterback, Carson Wentz, back just before the game from COVID protocol, and has arguably the MVP in the league in running back Jonathan Taylor, who incidentally did his part with 108 rushing yards and a TD. But the Raiders would not die and pulled out the 23-20 win with no time left on Daniel Carlson's 33-yard field goal. The team that looked like it could fall apart after the John Gruden fiasco and sat at just 6-7 and seven following a 48-9 blowout defeat at the hands of Kansas City has suddenly won three straight and can control its own destiny. Fittingly for these overachievers, Vegas has made them a three-point underdog at home. But given how this series has gone, that's probably just where the Raiders want to be. As the dog has pulled uh, an 18-7 ATS record in the last 25 games. Dunkel is going to take the Raiders 
to do more than tie this one as Las Vegas pulls out the upset win, while the winner-take-all aspect brings out the conservative side of both teams and keeps the final score under the Vegas total of 48. So there you have it, a pair of college football picks combined with our four NFL picks to get your football weekend started. Of course, you can go to dunkleindex.com for all our college and pro football picks. Make sure to tune in next week for our podcast as we look at the first round of the NFL playoffs. I'd like to thank everybody for listening, especially my son Ben, for all his work in making this happen. Have a great weekend, and as always, good luck.